Hare Krishna, welcome to Driving Bhakti. Uh, today I wanted to talk about um, the power of the mind um, and getting down to our experience, our day-to-day -day dealing with our minds. As we know in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna talks about, well Arjuna <laughs> uh, talks about with Krishna, uh, Chanchalam Himana Krishna. Um, how flickering, strong, obstinate the mind can be. And we read this, um, and yeah, we know how important the mind is. If by whatever the mind focuses on at the time of death, that body we will attain without fail. Um, so we we get this, you know, the ultimate power of the mind expressed in Bhagavad Gita of how powerful the mind can deliver us. It can be our greatest friend, our worst enemy. Um, and what I'd like to talk about today is just getting down into what, you know, like looking at it from a, another perspective and bringing it right down to ground level with us, with our practices, the day-to-day -day dealing with our minds, our own particular mind. And I like to bring this up because after helping you know, uh, first of all, dealing with my own mind and my own challenges and health, mental health challenges, and also dealing with so many men here that I, you know, try to do my best to train and support them in their growth from beginning to initiation and so on. Um, is this the the challenges the material mind that most many devotees are experiences experience are experiencing? Sorry, is um is it's like a tsunami now. I mean, we're not growing up in generally stable homes. Um, many homes are splitting up. Um, the habits that we've had, uh, the lack of parents being around or traumas, um, self-abuse and exploitation, the kind of lifestyle, growing up with distractions and gaming. <laughs> I mean, gaming and internet is such a huge problem, even within the community of devotees. And we don't really understand how much this is going to compound over time to really, really destroy the mind. And, you know, as I was saying, being around some very successful so-called materialists, uh, or, you know, some of the religion, but the entrepreneurial team I've been around, it's been amazing how vigilant they are with protecting their mind, protecting what the input is on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, how they are really vigilant of what they're thinking about, what thoughts are they having. And it's really interesting because I was revisiting uh, back to Tirta Swami's, His Holiness, back to Tirta Swami's lectures, and we watched a YouTube clip about the negative and positive mind. And even back to Tirta Swami, who was clearly very... Krishna conscious and, um, you know, very good example of Krishna consciousness and very entrepreneurial <laughs> in his, you know, way he expertly delivered Krishna consciousness all over the world. Um, he was talking about how, you know, the negative mind is there. I think sometimes we don't, we, you know, and then there's the positive mind and it's like the feeding of two dogs, almost like the American Indian analogy of which one are you going to feed? You know, and the one you feed will become stronger. So 
you know, our experience on a day-to-day basis, if we're not careful, uh, well, no, the first thing I was going to mention actually was that coming to terms with the fact that we live with two dogs, almost you could say higher self, lower self, the two dogs, the, the negative and the positive, um, we have to kind of live with that. And it's not necessarily that the negative dog is going to go away in the beginning of our bhakti. It takes some time to conquer the mind, so to speak. It's it's mainly the mind that we're dealing with. It's, that's where all the emotions and feelings and thoughts are. We're mainly not in the body. We're in the mind. And growing up with a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of negativity, a lot of fear and negativity right now in the world, we have to be very careful to protect our minds from negativity. We have the ultimate positivity. We have devotional service. So we should be positive all the time. So we don't want any negativity in that sense, material negativity. Especially in the beginning stages of bhakti in Anishta Bhajana Kriya, where we are struggling devotees. We are trying to overcome our conditioning, our laziness, apathy, all these kind of symptoms as described by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And... Um, and, you know, um, we're bringing a lot of these habits into our bhakti and we need to be conscious that they're there and we have to be really vigilant. And the, as we say, the mind can really do us in, you know, I've, and that's why we have to really be an entrepreneur. We have to become conscious of our incompetence. We have to be conscious of what is our mind doing and saying. I actually attended the lecture in Soho was the only lecture I think I attended, one or two. There was two days where Bhaktitya Swami did the Lust and Love lectures back in 2003, I think it was, or two, I can't remember. And, um, and he talked about the dialogue in the mind, the dialogue, the things we say to ourselves, the things we say. And now a lot of these have become habit. And of course, since those times, neuropsychology has really confirmed all this, how important it is that what we think about will create actually the physiology within the brain. We create pathways, like a river running down the mountain. It starts with a trickle and gradually, gradually, that trickle of water creates a groove and the groove gets wider and wider and bigger and bigger the more the water trickles down. Like ice skating, you go round and round in circles on the ice, eventually the groove, the the, the the depth of the groove increases the more we go round and round the same place. So if we're going round and round the same place in our thinking, it's very, it's very hard to get out of that groove or the water to go in a different direction. So it takes a conscious effort to create little rivulets off of that main, come off that main pathway and create new pathways. Um, and this is really key because I've noticed for me, I mean, I'll give you another example of how powerful the mind is. I've, I've, I've helped boys here with their mental health and their physical health and given them what advice I can and directed them to the right kind of therapies and practitioners. Some of them are a lot of alternative devotees try. Sometimes it has to be mainstream. And I was talking to one of the Bactas the other day, young Bacta, and um, oh, it's been around three years or something, and he's had sort of challenges with his mind. And he sort of comes to me and says, yeah. I've got anxiety again, and I've got chronic fatigue, and I've and I've got and I've got um, adrenals, my adrenal fatigue, and all this sort of stuff. Right? And I said, you don't have adrenal fatigue because what happens is, as soon as I've noticed with him, I can get him to change his state of mind. As soon as I can get him to get out of that trance of being in that world of negativity, 
all his symptoms disappear. You know, um, yeah, his symptoms disappear very quickly. It's like they're gone by changing the state of his mind. So and he kind of realizes that. I said, yeah, you don't have adrenal fatigue. The, the, the mind is causing those symptoms in the body because the mind is um, the, the cause. And it's the mind is off. It's on a negative path and it's creating those symptoms. You know, and, and then someone said to me, well, you know, there's Ayurveda and all that. And I said, to be honest with you, uh, the persons I recommend, you know, who have done Ayurveda from a Western background, personally, I don't think it's done very much at all. Because Ayurveda is for very, very subtle uh, for human beings who live a very natural life that needed a slight tweak, a little bit of adjustment back in the day, you know, you know, people lived, ha had stable families, they had stable upbringings, they had all these things, they had generally a reasonably good material life. But the Kali Yuga Rex of people coming in require something a lot stronger. And maybe Ayurveda can be in there, but it's a long term game. But, but, you know, a lot of money and time spent on Ayurveda, I've never seen an improvement in any of the persons I've tried to help. Very, very slow. But when they actually start addressing their psychological problems, their traumas, and they start dealing with these, you know, Kali Yuga symptoms, then you see once they address the mind, then a lot of their symptoms go away. And this is how powerful the mind is. It, you know, with that example of that young Bhakta, it's like I simply get him to change his state of mind. And same for myself. And, um, uh, says, and same for myself, I, um, you know, if I'm in an anxiety state and then I, um, you know, change my state of mind, all my symptoms also disappear, you know. So in our, in our life as devotees, becoming more aware, I'm sure we are, of really tackling that dialogue in the mind, really keeping consciously daily cultivating a positive mindset and i have recommended to devotees in the early stages who have got like depression and anxiety and things i give them state changing things to do and one of those things i do is i get into listen to positive audios not necessarily krishna conscious sometimes i get them to listen to some tony robbins some positive audios around changing affirmations and things and they're like, well, this is not Krishna conscious. I said, well, do you want to change your mind and help and support, get yourself back to a positive mindset so you can stop feeling anxiety and depression when you're chanting? Or do you want to take medication? You know, th this is this is a, med a medicinal dose of something that can help you. And I've generally found if devotees really get into affirmations, really get into working and getting support materially as a, you know, as alongside their Bhakti practices, it means they can avoid, it actually helps them in the long run to move out of these patterns and states of thinking that they had growing up or those, you know, their lack of self-confidence, the self-esteem. And I think there's a lot of hesitancy around devotees to use this. Of course, we don't really want to have to use anything. I mean, who wants to go get medicated? Who wants to have to go and have therapy? Who wants to have to have all these things? But, you know, whatever works in the beginning that can support us so that we can actually be quite stable when we chant when we, and we can move towards positivity, you know, gradually these things can be, you know, left aside. You know, one devotee was like saying to me, oh, you know, like I feel really depressed in the morning sometimes. And then when I read Bhagavatam, it makes me more depressed. And he's beating himself up because he has a particular condition that's really kind of hammers him and he's not good enough and stuff. And so I said, well, read something else. 
He said, but I've got to read Bhagavad Gita. I said, well, read Bhagavad Gita when you feel good, but it, but read something right now, uh, something in the books that's just positive. <laughs> read Krishna book or read Mahabharata, read something, little adventure, you know? And uh, and he said, yeah, oh, okay. So, so I think sometimes, you know, the mind has, we've got to try to really, as much as we've got the prescription of bhakti, we have to really look at what's really working for us individually in bhakti. You know, we have to adjust things. Like I had anxiety disorder and and um, and, and depression and, and and insomnia. You know, and you know I was feeling really bad every day. I couldn't go to Mangalati. I was beating myself up. I was not only was I feeling bad, then I was beating myself that, that I wasn't there with the devotees at Mangalati, and then projecting this idea that all devotees think I'm out of it. So we get into a really deep loop when you have negative mind, right? You know, of course, then I huddled and I talked to my spiritual master and my mentors. And they said, well, no, we're just you just have to sleep through and just get your rounds done at a different time of the day. The main thing is to have quality chanting. And I had to start sort of allowing myself to realize I need a, a different kind of program for me. So this is really, really key. You know, like so to, this episode is like really getting on top of the mind. Talking positive things, like back to Tirta Swami, coming back to back to Tirta Swami, you know, it's like you've got to constantly try to cultivate like positive thinking. If you don't have it naturally, you've got to cultivate it. It's not going to happen automatically. So you have to be conscious to create every day positive affirmations. So, you know, things like we do in Thriving Bhakti is around we, we have accountability and on that accountability every day um, in the evening, you just type off something, you know, like what you learned. You tick off the top wins of the day, you know, got your rounds done, got up on time. And also uh, there's a section of what you're grateful for and encouraging the practitioners to have journals, sharing their wins. All these little, little things that don't seem significant will actually add up over time. Coming back to the compound effect, like every day going, yes, I did it. I did my rounds. Yes, I did. Feeling good that I actually, um, you know, did ticked off my Krishna conscious activities. Yes, I did grow in this area. Yes, I did move forward in this area. Yes, I did do my 15 pages of reading. And really, really taking those small things seriously is really key um, to building that positive mindset. I had someone today actually on the WhatsApp group saying, you know, like, I feel really bad saying I feel great about what I've done. It's almost like I'm, I'm cultivating the enjoying spirit. And this person clearly lacks some self-confidence and belief. And I said, no, you feel great. I feel great because you're doing those things that please your spiritual master and, and Krishna. And you should feel good for that. I mean, it's almost like we're not allowed to, you know, yeah, there's certain perceptions around themselves. It's almost like they've brought in their, they've somehow understood Krishna consciousness according to the negative mindset that's being perpetuated. <laughs> the, the mindset's come in and is interpreting things through that lens, so to speak. So this is the power of the mind. The mind is the key here, you know. It's it, it's so powerful. It can suddenly make you having, you can have anxiety, you can have stress, you can have symptoms. And the very next minute, if your mind's really happy and positive, the whole body and the physiology changes. And we want to have healthy mental and physical devotees. And exercise is something I'll talk about next time. How important it is to do vigorous exercise every day for 20 minutes so you're really, really pumped and sweating to release the positive 
chemistry in the brain and stuff like that. Now I've got some, there's some good research on this right now. And so doing exercise is really key in diet. So those things are all supportive. So everything together, we want to be physically and mentally healthy in a time where devotees coming in and ourselves and being in Kali Yuga, we are physically and mentally pretty much drained and, and, and um, dysfunctional. <laughs> um, so we want to, we want to have the, the best foundation to get the practices of Bhakti to the best we can, so we can, you know, obviously get beyond these things. <laughs> but that's but an art and a vritti and the clearing stage and the condition stage is a is is the is a long stage for a lot of us. You know, 10, 20, 30 years, who knows? So it's um we've got to have all these ingredients together to create a more healthy mental mentally healthy um mental um yeah devotees who have good mental health and physical health so today so in the thriving back to those who are on the program remember this affirmations that you're doing really get into them push through the resistance we there's so much resistance within us to actually just to do good for ourselves you know if you're feeling resistance to doing something positive that's that's a, that's an alarm bell so I want to encourage you that the affirmations that we're doing in the group, the the um, the wins every day, the accomplishment board, um, posting your wins, um, sharing your wins, and having a positive self-talk, you know. And remember that you've got to cultivate the positive. So if you catch yourself being negative, don't fight it. Just replace it with positive. Dr. Tirta Swami says, you're not trying to, don't give attention to the negativity. Don't start over, you know, giving it a lot of attention. Just immediately get into the positive. Chanting, kirtan, being happy, say something positive. Get into your affirmations. Replace the negative. Don't fight the negative. Don't give it attention. And gradually it will quieten down. And it's almost like that negative lower dog or the, that the negative dog was going to be there. Come to terms that there is a negative element to our mind but we want to feed the positive and you've got to do that daily consistently with small things all the things we've the ingredients that you've been learning on a day-to-day -day basis consistently and persistently and understand that that is compounding over time don't underestimate the power of these small things because the mind can really do you in it can be your greatest enemy but it can be your greatest friend so krishna's already telling you there's two elements to your mind the negative and the positive. So we've got to be really conscious and wake up that you are living with a mind that can be really negative and you've got to be conscious and intentional not to feed it. And you've got to be conscious and intentional in creating the positive. And that means it may have additional things in your life that are supportive, like, you know, listening to positive audios and stuff and reading positive mindset books and learning affirmations. If these are really going to help you move forward, then, then do them. All right. I hope that was helpful. Hare Krishna.